and uh, really tough winter. So we did get distracted. Was it, with all was that. it tougher than COVID? Yes. Yes. This last winter was. Yep. Harder than COVID. Hundred times more. Financially for the business, is that what we're talking about? Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, it was. You know, and that's because we voluntarily did a big transition. Okay. We decided, hey, COVID has changed the landscape for us here and changed what is going on and maybe what we want to make happen or what our goals are. Maybe that's not what we should be doing right now because some things have dramatically changed. So when we had some natural attrition, when we had people say, hey, you know, through some natural attrition and some people that we let go, we um, we decided, hey, we're not let's change like let's change our focus maybe what we're focusing on we shouldn't be focusing on right now maybe that's not the smart thing to do so we took on a big change right as we're going into winter and winter um actually right as we're going into fall we did a big change and consciously yes consciously and we're like yeah. let's go for it let's make this change and we drew back on people we drew back on production we quit sending the truck to billings um, we had customers let down and upset about that and that's never easy, but we were like, okay, let's take this opportunity to focus on building our sauce bottling for years. We've been saying, let's, we should bottle this sauce, but with the amount of time and energy that we put into our regular business, it made it really hard to go home and then take your off time and focus on how do you get this sauce bottled it's not easy and the type of sauce that we have is not easy it makes it even more difficult it's not like we're just bottling some hot sauce with vinegar and you know your typical hot sauce there's yeah. so much more to this sauce than your typical and when we were barbecue sauce we were reaching out to companies to have them just do it for us uh covid changed the landscape for them too so all of a sudden we're reaching out to companies and we're like hey could you bottle this sauce for us and they're like we can't get ingredients. We can't keep employees. We're not taking on any new new clients. We're like, oh, okay. So we have to learn how to do this ourselves. So we thought, let's just pull back. Um, and, you know, that was when we were trying to finish up this studio. That was when we, we bought, a, we invested in a bunch of the stuff for the, for the sauce bottling. And um, we took out, actually, we took out a rather large loan at the time to help us get through this period thinking, okay, we're going to do this transition. We're going to get this finished. We're going to invest into this bottling. We're going to figure all of this out. But as quickly as we can get sauce bottling into production, we're going to be okay financially because we'll be doing sauce sales. Well, that's not really how it turned out because getting the bottling done, the labeling done took three times as long as what we thought was going to take. Length so and money. In the meantime, we're paying back on that loan at a very fast rate. And so the what we're paying out versus what is coming in, because sauce sales came months and months later than what we needed it to. Um, then the other problem was, was there was a certain level of attention we wanted to give that sauce in marketing. Well, because we'd also drawn back on people and I don't know. We I, didn't have the help to cover the areas that we needed covered so that we could focus on that because we are doing it all. So we because are doing the making of the sauce, yeah, we're prepping all the food, we're working all those hours, doing the deep up, cleaning, the cleaning and all that. And then still it, trying to figure out sauce and t calling people. And like, there's, there was just not enough time. There's not enough time to do it. And try to, to you know, have a family life. I, I have for, two kids that are yeah, uh, yeah, super totally. important ages right now that 
I feel like I kind of neglected it in a way because I was so Busy focused on stuff. the other stuff. Yeah. What ended up happening is this though. We kept paying that loan off and we paid off a lot of money in a very short period of time um, because that was just the terms of it, you know? And, but we weren't generating income from the sauce business like we were anticipating. Slowly. We were like, okay, let's do this. Let's invest into this, 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 and this. But our burrito sales dropped off and we didn't know how to anticipate that when we aren't sending the truck to Billings. So our overall revenue was lower. Um, we had a loan we were paying back on and we didn't have sales in of what we were expecting, but we didn't have sales because of what we were expecting because a couple of things shipping prices started to go higher people started to pull back on what they could order and spend online and we were not marketing because we were so bogged down in everything else we weren't doing the content production that would have promoted it and got it out in front of enough people because if you get you know if you get your product out in front of enough people you know at an grow. affordable yeah. rate you're going to sell it to somebody okay but we didn't have the time to get that content done because we were also pulling all the hours as we lost people and let people go more duties fall back onto us so we're working more at just making burritos so that's why it was a hard winter is because we were paying money out to repay this loan we paid off a lot we we invested a lot last year what i mean by that is we took some loans um but to to do do these things and there are certain things that were good that turned out of that and certain things were just hard hard lessons you know but and we're not afraid of taking a risk and being like here let's invest into this and oh this and then recognizing this didn't work out and this has cost us a lot of money but we still got to pay all this back and paying our employees way more than we pay ourselves like our employees make way more than we do because we want to have good employees and we want to keep that. Yeah, so, it's not. Yeah, it's not easy hours to get up. Yes, so we recognize that. At that's true. At that's that true. pace, yeah. that's a, that'd be a. And we work at a at a really intense. fast, intense pace, um, which people probably don't realize. But you know, we're going. It's go, 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 and sometimes it's hot, and sometimes it's cold, and that can shift in ten minutes. I like, do ten miles a day. Uh, my my thing keeps track. Ten miles. Just a day. walking back and forth. Walking and, and doing all the stuff I do. I do ten miles a day. Wow. <laughs> in a yeah, and we're in a twenty four foot trailer. She's usually on her half of it. You, you know? know, and I'm walking outside and we're prepping, yeah. and carrying stuff. You know, so I'm going, but just in that vicinity of yeah, I do. Yeah, about 10 miles and a day. that's because we are we're on our feet. So it's physically, obviously, physically exhausting yeah. as well as yep. It's very yeah, it's a very physical job on yeah. top of mental and. Yeah, and a lot of people don't really probably realize. I mean, last summer, we're not doing this volume now because we don't have the truck. The last summer, we were averaging 500 burritos a day. But we had seven people. But when you think about that, too, that's 500 pounds of food per morning. Yeah, that's per a lot. Morning. That's, Those burritos that's a lot. are a pound each. It's you know what I'm each, saying? Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and that's just a lot of food to process. I mean, process like cutting potatoes and, you know, cooking 40 pounds of of eggs at a time. Um, yeah, you're talking like 150 pounds of potatoes, 150 pounds of eggs, you know, 150 pounds so of meat. <laughs> were you getting, were you just getting exhausted? Just like, how long can you keep that up? I guess is what I was thinking. Well, that's yeah. a good question because <laughs> we just hit the seven year mark at the old BFL this past Father's Day. How I mark that is that's the hill climbs every year is on Father's Day weekend. And that was our first event was in 2015. 
and so seven years of this um running your own business is hard for anybody whether your hours are you know whatever your hours are you're gonna if you're gonna run your own business and 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 um I hate to say the word I a lot. When I talk about our story, I say I in the beginning because these are decisions I made. I hadn't met April yet. So I, I always kind of feel bad like I like 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 I'm bringing making the attention or making this about me or something, okay? But but it's not that way. It's just that when I went into this, when I dreamed this all up, you know, I went all in on it and don't have a backup, you know? I'm a firm believer and if you're going to go for it, go for it. You know, and burn the burn the burn the ships. If you're going to take the island, burn the ships because now you got to take that island. There's no way out of here. Because honestly, that's the only way that I that motivates me, that moves me. If I have a way to procrastinate, or if I have a way to get distracted with something else, I will. So I know this, and uh, I got to go all in. So I went all in on it, and so it takes a lot of. I recognize now. Because I hadn't owned a business and I hadn't ever before. But anybody who owns a business, you've got to be married. If you want that business to be successful. Now, if you just want to exist, there's a lot of people that own businesses and businesses around here that just exist. They're not pouring themselves into it. They're not passionate about it. And that's fine. That's maybe what they want. You know, they want to take it at whatever their level yeah, is. Yeah, whatever area their life is in. They just need, you right. know. Yep. So yep. I didn't want to just exist. I wanted to build something. And... Uh, so you do, you put a lot of time and hours and energy into it. And, uh, you know, over the years I've averaged, you know, six to seven days a week, typically until the last couple of months, six to seven days a week working on this business and it is exhausting. So how long can you do that? And getting up at midnight, getting up at 1030 at night for some of these things that we have to be on time to, because there's potatoes to cut and cook and everything to all of this before rollers it even come in. definitely takes a toll on your body, your mental <laughs> clarity, you know, and like your relationships too, you know, with yeah. family, kids, husband, wife, you know, it does. It takes a toll because you're well, tired. It changes, it changes your hours. You you're know. tired. <laughs> yeah. We, we operate during hours that most people, you know, don't operate. And people who have a little recreation in the evenings, we don't we're not a part of that. We haven't been a part of that for years. Uh, so I guess my point is, is like any business is hard. You got to put in a lot of hours, but the hours that we put in, I feel are especially hard. They're just not natural. They're not natural on your body. If I could get up or go to work at seven in the morning and work until seven at night, I don't feel that I feel that the physical toll would just not be as difficult it because wouldn't. your body is more used to you're in that natural circadian is it called circadian rhythm mm -hmm. i always feel like i say it wrong because yep. your body yep. has a natural circadian rhythm and so yeah we are opposite yeah we're fighting natural. it we're going to bed we're fighting it we're going to bed in the afternoon and i'm typically starting work somewhere between midnight and 2 a.m over the last several years and uh that has been wearing wearing on me so financial stress of hey you know we're paying all this stuff back because we made investments in this stuff but hey revenue is not where it needs to be to make sure that everybody's getting paid and and so our... we had to work take on extra weekends just to make sure that we were making it all normally like on a saturday we're physically and mentally exhausted we're kind of zombies at home because we just unwind we just can't and but what we started to do was like to make payroll 
We hey, have to work Saturdays. We got to do a to Saturday. Pay. Like well, this. And I I did those through the especially through the spring. Well, in the winter, but you guys were doing a lot more events on the weekends. Yeah, we were going to Billings on Saturdays just so we could make yeah. payroll. <laughs> yeah, I mean. With all our other bills and taxes and, you know, all the stuff that just comes out naturally. Well, the other thing that was happening, too, is as uh, gas prices were going up. And that was causing the price of everything to go up. All our food So all costs. of our food costs were going up. And now we're like, okay, uh, we're always too slow to raise our prices in a, in in reaction to what's going on or in anticipation of what's going to come up. We're all, we hate to raise those prices, right? We don't. And so that you end up taking a beating on that. And there's times where we've been like, we were losing money there for a while on burritos because we didn't want to raise our prices because we feel we get the fallback from that, you know, customers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of them that are like, understand they go to the most of them go most of them understand they go to the grocery store they see what's going on with the world but there are those few that ooh, they'll give it to you pretty good <laughs> and i hate that it makes me feel so bad i uh went just the other well this friday stopped by just to get salad just stuff for a salad for the weekend and it was 54 bucks Oh my! You yeah. know what? I, I know that in other countries i've been watching a lot of things in other countries <clears throat> you the u.s is much higher on all the natural fruits, vegetables, meats, you know, whole foods than any other country. It's cheaper oh, really? for us to buy all the processed stuff than the stuff that's good for you. You go to other countries, it's cheaper to buy the stuff that's good for you than the processed stuff. The yes is messed up on that, but I, yeah, I 100% agree. And that, so my point of that is, is it's, it's huge. I mean, I was thinking the last time I'm like, I remember buying the same stuff for 15, 20 bucks. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Well, all our food, every single f food product and the stuff like gloves, to, like before that, we could buy a case of gloves. I think what a thousand gloves come in a case. Yeah. For $60. Now they're over 200. Yeah. They've they've actually started to just yeah. come down in the last couple months, but yeah. they were up well 200 up over 200 just for gloves that gloves. we have to have because you have to And this has been foods. over the last 2 years, yeah. yeah. All of our expenses have been up and, so, and in every business they so are. So what are you hearing from your your providers? Like what are they saying are they Ooh. still going I mean what, what I, we kind of feel like we're out of covid a little bit, but maybe no, not. Are what we What they're still telling us residue? is what they're telling us is this is prepare for uh massive shortages yep. okay. all of our all of our vendors are that. telling us for how long they have no clue yeah we don't know if it's going to be a year two years well, the six wheat, months, two months the wheat problem is going to be a big problem here soon because a lot of our wheat comes from russia Ukraine. which is crazy because we are we have um yeah so we have wheat, tons of wheat in yeah. america um, the sriracha this is just stuff that's affecting us sriracha that's been closed down because there there wasn't the crops of the peppers or something was what I yeah something was, with the crops of the peppers so sriracha and who they even closed knows? their factory down who even really knows what the real story is because um, there's food eggs, processing plants all over the place eggs burning because down. there was a bunch of stuff that happened with the eggs or with the chickens and stuff um our cheese has went up dramatically uh potatoes they said we're gonna start having an issue with potatoes so this is just stuff we are you fire know, oil has more than doubled yeah um but other things like we still go to the grocery store and go shopping you know and like i am not walking out one bag of groceries 60 70 dollars yeah 
for what you know oh yeah oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah so like and the gas prices electricity um shipping everything everything is yeah all of our vendors are telling us prepare for harder times we're being told you know that we couldn't get sausage for a few weeks there yeah so the food vendors are telling us like i get emails forwarded to me that's coming from their corporate people i get text messages that are forwarded i get all that type of stuff they they give us good advance notice as much as they can of what we need to prepare for so what do they mean by prepare food storage store it yeah Yeah. they're like buy what you yeah buy what you can when you can you know and some of that we've done with some of our ingredients we have stockpiled you know but some of that we stockpiled last year and and like we've gone through it because you know and now we're having to rebuy the hard winter we went through good thing we had that stockpile and in the meantime since we had that stockpile those prices have gone way up so now we have to go back and we have to rebuy again at way higher pricing yeah, like but we double. did get to float for a while that helped us during some tough financial times that we had stockpiled on a few things that we could um but now we're at a position again where we're like okay we we're whatever any extra we can earn or we can generate we're trying to beef up our stockpiles because like recently for two weeks we couldn't order sausage from cisco okay yeah we could have ordered some weird janky sausage that wouldn't have tasted right in our burritos but the the sausage the breakfast sausage that we ordered that is always there and available is just not available it's just out of stock never had that problem um and it was out of stock for a couple of weeks so our sauce ingredients out of stock we haven't been able to get yeah and oh, that's crazy yeah and things, it's just gonna get worse and they're yeah. all saying yes we're, and then you watch the news you watch other different things and which it's hard to watch the news and believe what anybody's saying but um in a lot of sources everybody's saying yeah this is 2023 is going to be much worse we're just we're just getting started we're just getting started so and fuel prices no nobody's anticipating that that's going to come down that's only going up so um i don't know so there's there's all of that so we so so when you were saying a minute ago you're like so how long can you maintain that you know that schedule and that that system you know it is tough so what we got we got to a point even just a couple of months ago where we're like okay we either have to we can't just sit here and do the same thing okay our goals from last year have changed last year we were trying to you know finesse our system and get it as efficient as possible let's see what kind of numbers we can do here and let's really push what we what we can do to learn some things here and we did and we learned a lot um and we were get ramping up to be like, hey, let's get a big investment where we can go put in a much larger facility and hire a bunch of people, and we will start to go in this direction. But with the world, the way the world has been going, and what we have been seeing from other uh, restaurant owners, he, even here in our area, people that we know, we're like, that's maybe... Restaurant consultants going in and like consulting. Saying, like, yeah. Saying, unless you can be there, you know, to watch the entire process, you know, your people are going to run you into the ground right now. Like people uh, just don't care. You know, we're all seeing this. I I ask people in other industries, I I go to my doctor and I'm like, man, like I just see a work ethic change. I see a lot of things have changed in the last while. Like, you know, how much do people care about their job or what they're doing or their quality of work? I've seen that change. And, and I've heard it in all kinds of industries. I check in with everybody. Everybody's like saying, yeah, I, 
I'm hearing it in, in the medical industry or this industry or that industry. It's everything's tougher for some reason. It's hard to invest into people because people are not worth what you're investing at times. And it doesn't matter how much you pay them. This is what we are hearing and what we're experiencing. That's all I'm saying. I'm not making some big final yeah. statement. But that's what the feedback I've been getting is that something has changed. You know, special. ever since they started to just pay people to stay home, uh, there's been a big shift. And people are like, oh, I don't, you know, like I should get paid more to go to work at this place or I this and I well, that. And there's also been a thing, too, where people have been like, well, then you need to pay your people, you know, more and you, what they're worth. And we're like, yeah, OK, we you do that. You do that. But it that doesn't mean they're going to stay. That doesn't mean, mean they're going to gonna care. It doesn't matter is what no, I'm saying. They're so. going to take what they can take. And then when it's not what they want yeah. anymore, it's, they're it's, out. It's interesting you say that because I try to pay well for our area yeah mm -hmm. and uh we you know, i'm trying to find a csr which is customer service representative and i've had a couple of people they're like well what does it pay and i'm like well you know 18 to 21 or 22 it's kind of an entry level and uh i get everything from wow that's good to um some people are like that's really not very good it's not you know it's not very and my nephew who just graduated high school a year ago you know, he doesn't, he's like, if I don't make 20 bucks an hour, I, I'm not going to apply. Yeah. I had somebody, like, somebody come to, uh, the other day and was like, well, you just need to hire some managers, pay like $20 an hour, those managers, you know, so we can be at more places. And then you just get a couple of minimum wage people. I'm like, nobody's working for minimum wage. No, no, no. What you're competing with right now, when you're saying you're trying to find somebody at 18, you know, $19 an hour, Yep. you know. McDonald's is starting at seventeen. You're yeah. competing with McDonald's. Where, absolutely, absolutely. At seventeen dollars an hour. That's seventeen dollars an hour. And on top of that, we're not finding. They're not applying. Not no. really. No. And the only ones that are applying are people that you reach out to, which then they kind of feel like there's an obligation there. Yeah, they, they feel like, like hey, oh, I can't say no. Yeah, and they think that they have the job. You know, where in reality, all you're trying to do is just get some people to interview. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's been it's been very interesting. So. We live in a tough area, though. You know, we do. We have we have a mine up there that either you're either everybody around here either is re either has somebody in their immediate family who works up at that mine, you know, which is mining precious metals, which means and it's very hard and tough conditions, which means they pay for that job. Okay, so everybody has there's a bar that's kind of mentally set. I feel where it's like. Hey, at this mine, I could go clean bathrooms up there for, you know, whatever it is now. I don't even know. I don't even know, but it's probably mid to high 20s, you know, an uh, hour. I, th I think I just had a guy, and this has probably been six months, which is his goal is to go be a custodian up there. And I think he said it was between 20 and 22 or something. Maybe twenty four. But you're, and you're paying twenty eighteen to twenty for to sit at a desk and answer calls and do some paperwork. Absolutely, yeah. Like. Not yeah. hard. I would take that over cleaning. Yeah, but that's just starting. I would too. Yeah, <laughs> but absolutely. You put in a year up there or so, and you're you're bumped up. A and bit. you you're you paying, have insurance. You're getting paid and all more, things. and all the other stuff with it. And that's what we're all competing with is, is like everybody either has somebody in their family who works there, or, or a friend, or it, but but it's that's they what, all know somebody. That's, yes, that's the atmosphere. And now that's not bad. I mean, no, it's not complaining. Kept this community going that, in all reality. Yes, but it sets a different bar though for all the rest of the businesses in the area because it's hard to go work at this place during these hours for this much, you know, when when there's that out there.
you know, when there's that mental bar that's been set up there. So, and that's fine. That's just what we have well, to deal with here. That's true with the railroad as well. Yeah. yeah. And the um, refinery. And the hospital. And they the hospital. Pull, the hospital's there. They're like one of the major employers. And those are all good, you know, career thing, career jobs yeah. and that pay well and have a lot of benefits. But but uh, for all the rest of the small business, bu- small businesses, that's compete. very hard to compete with those those things. So there's that. That's what's going on. Because we saw the same thing. We're like, hey, we're we're not getting very many people who even apply. And those who do apply, we're like, yeah, I don't know that this is who we want on our team, you know, in this close of quarters. And we don't know how that's going to really work out. And I'm saying that as generously as I can but because there's good people there I mean there's people that we're like oh how's this gonna work out or not work out I don't really know but then there's been some straight-up weirdos you know (laughs) so and you're all it's you're all very close together all the time you it's not like you get to go walk to your office like you're frustrated or something you get to go walk to your office and sit down and be like okay yeah you you don't get a break you still have to work you know and still like so having that close team and people that are fairly like-minded and yeah um, i had i had one left a note on our i mean it's just just nasty note you know Mm -hmm. on our door because the no one was there when they knocked on the door nasty note and so uh, a customer left that well i yeah yeah it was a well i thought it was a customer turns out that it was somebody applying for a job oh oh so that's nice leave a nasty note so so that was that was last week when i was on vacation and they went to grab lunch and uh when they got back you know there was this long and it was sticky notes there's like seven of them and it just kept going on well last week i get this you know another note from another office that says hey this person is trying to apply for a job and wants to know where they're at. Even after leaving all those notes? Well, so, you know, you're talking like four days later because when I asked, I got back and, and all of a sudden there's this note on my computer and I'm like, what is this? And they're like, and so they kind of was explaining this weird situation and come to find out it was somebody who applied for the job. And so I had taken all the sticky notes up and I'm like, okay, well, and I tossed it into the garbage. Well, four days later, I... I'm like, man, I swear that name sounds familiar. And uh, so I emptied my my trash bin at my desk into the larger one, and I was looking for that group of sticky notes. And sure enough, same person is following up on why she hadn't gotten an interview. Oh, like, isn't that crazy? (laughs) Like, can you imagine in the 80s or 90s, somebody who's wanting a job is coming in and, and starting off by bashing you? Yeah, I cannot imagine. Like, why? I I don't even understand what they're thinking. Why would you want to deal with that person at all? Like, that's it's like a it's like a weird level of mental illness that we're dealing or with. Or like now. an entitlement <sighs> thing. Like, it's it doesn't matter. I can do whatever I want, act however I want, but I am still ex- are expected to get what I want. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> I think a lot of it too is, and we're, I think we're all guilty of this when it comes to how you run the company. And the write-ups or you know trying to correct behavior um you know i know that that i'm more of a hey i'll talk to you one-on-one and instead of like hey here here's a written document and we need to correct this and even though i know that the latter is what you should do i tend to go what's gonna save you in the end yeah because it saves you in the end i tend to go with the verbal first yeah two or three and and well beyond what I should and that's even 
even if uh, like our my fault is that that's even if we even stop to talk about it it's like i'll let 90 percent of it go yeah 90 percent of the time to like, avoid even having me? to i'm tired and being overly sensitive yeah. it's not really a big deal that's, well and we go through all of those in our mind right <sighs> yeah. try to check all that stuff off before you get to that and, point of like hey i need to talk to you until you hit that point where you're like I'm done. <laughs> and it's not their fault. It's my fault. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Exactly. Well, yeah. and it's things that we should correct earlier. Exactly. And we don't. I agree. And and we let it build up until we just say, I'm done. We're done with this. You know? I feel, though, do you, do you feel like people who are hiring on right now, they know like that everybody's hiring. Everybody needs people. So, so they have this sense. Of, so they have this sense of like, I can come in doing basically what I want, saying what I want, and they need me. Yeah. I'm needed. So. Uh, I, yeah, I think there's a sense of that, but mm -hmm. at the same time, um, you know, it, there's a need for everybody has always had a need for good workers, and I don't know, you know, what's happened to the good workers. Well, the problem is, is the good workers are still working. Yeah, they built something for themselves. They're in a good career, uh, yeah. and they're doing and what so they need to they're do. They're trying to hold on to, you know. Because we're not, the times aren't easy. I mean, even, I think that propane, as a good example, is kind of, people need it regardless of the time. So it's somewhat a secure place, if you want to call it that. But even now, you call in and it's the summertime, which people are like, just fill me up. And instead, they're doing it like, can, we, can I do 200 gallons? Can I do just enough? To, and I think... Is that, that to save money right now with the time? Yeah, going well, on? I mean, the price is so high that we're now higher than we were two in the winter times, always the highest. During COVID, we're higher now than the price in the middle of winter. Yeah. Yeah, that's COVID. odd because summertime it's it goes odd. down, winter goes yeah, up. Most yeah. of the time, you're just trying to get through winter and get to those summer prices. Yeah, prices are going up. Wages really haven't gone up. And, and, uh, and then there's people not working. So they're waiting until they, they run out. Mm -hmm. And then they steal from Peter to pay Paul is what I think. You know, what I'm yeah. worried about is what happens this fall going into early winter. Yeah, of all these people that need it. And, and then if like, we end up with food storage like you were talking about. Like, what do you, you do? Know, what do you do? They're going to, it's it's a, it's going to become a little scary times. It is. It is. This is what our thing is, too. We kind of got to a point. I, I, I kind of want to kind of go back to this part of it is we got to a point where it's like, okay, we can't keep doing what we're what we're doing because we're just existing. We're not building something here. We're not, you know, this is all we have here. We also have, you know, retirement in a few years. You know, we have like things we have to take care of. You know, so it's like we can't just sit here and maintain at this this minimum level here. So what do we do? Do we hire people at an exorbitant amount of money at, to to come in at these hours? We got to pull people from a very small hiring pool that have a a skill set and a work ethic that that we need you know that's a very small hiring pool so how do we pay people enough to start pulling them from billings or laurel to come out here and work for us to do this to 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 give out a, a breakfast burrito that's at a price that what people want to still pay at now do we do that do we ramp up and to meet demand do we do we do that or or not and when we the saw some of the burritos go up way up because yep. we have to afford to Absolutely, pay these yeah. people Yes, well, and we're seeing we're seeing at McDonald's. It's a right. fifteen hundred dollar. But at the same time, we're watching restaurants close around us. That people are like, I can't. That my help is stealing from me. Like my, if I'm there, uh, it's fine. But if I'm not there, either they're stealing from me or the quality drops off, and they don't they don't care. 
you know um i'm seeing that from a lot of people we're seeing you know so we're feeling all this out like oh how do we bring on people pay them enough and then that give us a little bit of of a breathing room to do the other things that we need to do to build this business whether it's the sauce bottling and the marketing side of things or whatever we're doing uh, how do we do that how do we take that risk and do that so and uh, in the meantime costs are going up and uh it's getting tougher and so we're like okay how do we reposition here so the flip side of that is what we decided was let's just make the best product that we can make and we will make it we'll do more with less Let's maintain quality by we'll just continue to be the ones who make this. And we'll be the ones who give the customer service at the window. You know, it just is what it is. Like, let's do that. But we can't just sit here and be vulnerable to who shows up at this window um, on to get these breakfast burritos on these days. And we're putting in a tremendous amount of hours. Some days it's a, it's a great day. Some days it's just not. You know, we take a hit. And so you sit there and you put out a lot of money and like, it's a it, whatever you, gains you make, you may lose the next day. So uh, we decided, like, okay, then let's let's not go in that direction. Let's do more with less. Let's become more efficient. Let's reach more of our customers in these surrounding areas. Um, but let's all do it by just what we can do. So that's where dabbling in the on the weekends and learning the system of doing pre-orders and people liking that hey i can get my order in i don't have to go stand in line and maybe i get something or maybe i get turned away we got a lot of good feedback from people in in uh, billings the many times that we did it about doing pre-orders that were like maybe that's the way to go because normally we're just trying to judge the reaction on social media before we start to cook how much food should we how send many to billings? likes and comments did we get okay maybe this amount of burritos and then when you had to turn 60 people away and that were mad because we didn't bring enough, but if we'd have brought too many, then it would have been a wash or we would have lost money. Or we would have lost a lot of money. Yeah, that'd yeah. Be, that's a hard... It's that's hard, hard and it's that's stressful. Hard. It is yeah. so stressful because the worst thing I hate is like turning somebody away or letting somebody down and having somebody get mad at me when... I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's so hard. It's so hard to choose. Yeah. It's like a lottery. And when you have burritos day. left over, okay, when you have burritos that are left over... Um, the cost of that burrito is very fluid, okay? That burrito never costs the same because it depends on the number of burritos that you made that day. You have operating costs that generally stay the same, okay? We have rent. We have insurance. We have propane costs. We have, you know, all power. We have all of the, that regular overhead type stuff. But then we have labor. Now, labor... For this many of hours, that's pretty, stay the same. That We have to pay those people this much money, and it's going to cost us this much every day for those hours. We can figure that out. Then there's the food costs, okay? But a breakfast burrito, and I'm not telling you anything you probably don't know. I just run this out there by you because you're Mr. Business Degree, and so I <laughs> love throwing this stuff out to you because I'm hoping that you're like, because I have no experience in this. I'm hoping you're like, oh, okay, well, here's the flaw in your thinking. So anytime you want to okay. ch chime in, you chime in. But the cost of that burrito... Okay, let's say we have a $10 breakfast burrito. Okay, well, if we make 100 breakfast burritos that day, that cost of that burrito, it, you know, if we have three, four people in there working, the cost of that burrito is very, very high because it took so many of us and all these other outside operating costs to produce the 100 breakfast burritos. Okay, but if the same four people can make 400 breakfast burritos that day, 
the cost of that burrito goes down dramatically because we are able to produce way more food with the same level of cost in all these other areas. The only thing that cost us more, which was a relative factor, was the cost of the food. Okay, more food, more cost, but it's a relative factor, okay, to a certain degree. Now, if we prepare 400 breakfast burritos and we're like, oh, this is going to be a good day, but we only sell, you know, 300 of them, okay, now, how many, how much did those 300 breakfast burritos cost us that day? Now, they cost us this much in labor, this much in food, this much in operating costs, and that's, that's the real value of what those cost. But now we've got this extra hundred that is left over. So we just spent how much on food and labor to produce all of those, okay? So the burrito went from, hey, it's a $10 burrito, and we were going to make maybe at the end of the day hopefully let's say we were going to make a dollar per burrito that burrito is going to cost us nine dollars between food labor operating costs and everything else it's going to cost us nine dollars and under best conditions if we can make a dollar per burrito today by selling all 400 that thing's going to cost us nine dollars okay and we made four hundred dollars at the end of the day that's going to be left over but if if we don't if we don't sell all of those, the that cost of the burrito went up. Now we're at $10 per burrito. Okay. And so we made that because we didn't sell that extra hundred, these burritos now cost us $10 to make that day. So we just broke even, but we, now we have a hundred burritos left over. So now we're like those burritos today cost us $10 to produce. So now for a hundred burritos, let's go ahead and just, Let's just multiply that toward the times the real cost of what those burritos cost us to produce today and to operate. And that was, you know, $10 a piece. You know, we just lost $1,000 today. Yeah. We didn't make, yeah. we didn't make $1,000. We didn't make $400 that got left over in the bank. We just lost money on an epic amount today. You know, so then the next day we may do a ton of and burritos. You can't save those for the next day, right? No, no. that's the, that's the nature of our business, and this is the flaw in our business model. There's some great things about it, but that's also the flaws. But we don't. We're that food's all going it. away. That's yeah. all getting thrown or donated somewhere. But we don't see anything from that. Okay, that's just a loss that day. So for every time there's a gain, there could be a big loss. So that's where we figured out pre-orders. We know exactly how much food to cook. You know, there's no loss. There's no, hey, we made too much food today, and now we have to toss all of this. That takes out that gamble for us. It takes the gamble out for the customer who's like, I'm going to go stand in line, and uh, I may get something, or I may get there too late. I just took time out of work or whatever to run over there, or on my way, I got to go way over there and take that amount of time to get there. When I got there, they were out of what I wanted. I couldn't get what I wanted or they were out completely and they were gone. And I didn't have time to see a post on Facebook that they were sold out and they left or whatever the thing may be. It's been a gamble for the customer. So we started to learn that, okay, pre-orders have some downsides too. Like people have to think ahead, you know, do I have, do I, whatever, but it removes that gamble for us. When we started to think about that, we thought, okay, do we ramp up and hire a bunch of people and, and, continue to risk in that area or do we just do what we can do and become more efficient at what we're doing so you're going to do a limit of how many you can sell that day we are because we can there's only three of us 
so we can only make realistically whatever we can make and it's a between it's a numbers hours, game it's between yeah. these hours we we start preparing we know at this we can hour roll this many between this, these hours you know yeah, we roll this many at this rate an hour yep. is how we figure it out so that's how we can build in okay well what if we put in the inventory on the website <laughs> and we can control that now so we started to realize that we're like, okay, in Columbus, we're always going to operate kind of in this range. Sometimes it's a good high range and sometimes it's the low, but we're never going to do outside of that range really. Um, when it comes to Laurel and Billings, just because there's a higher population base, it's harder. It's, it's, it's much better. It, we're at a better range. Okay. We have a more opportunity and more customers. And um, I don't know, over time, we're starting to realize now that a lot of our customers, almost a majority of our customers, what supports our business is Laurel and Billings. Yeah, they come all the time from Laurel and Billings. And they're not buying to one burrito. Us. Yeah. They're not buying one burrito. They're buying 10. They're buying 20. They're buying 30. Well, I can tell you that I hear positive things. I mean, people all the time will be like, hey, you've got to try this burrito. I mean, I hear it. It's amazing, especially people that are, um, I hear most of the time from somebody who's talking to it maybe their families in town or somebody's coming through and they're like hey what would the what do the locals do and uh, y your place always comes up to eat well that's awesome oh, so it's that interesting is. That no is that awesome. is yeah that is awesome we do also understand though that we're in a small community and like hey you can only go eat at the same place so many times we offer one thing you know our demographic is people in a hurry on their way to work in the morning and that is limiting you know, we don't expect Absolutely. every, you know, we don't expect everybody in town here to like come have our breakfast burrito every day to support us. Like we have to provide something that people want. We have to provide that value. Uh, that's our responsibility. It's not their responsibility to come and keep buying the same thing from us. So you're, you're changing your, your business model. Yes. Dramatically. Where does that include? So, so what that includes is this is, is Okay. We've been looking at this and we're like, okay, we cannot be vulnerable just to who comes and puts in an order at the window or who does pre-orders, okay? We can make that as efficient as possible. We've got a real good member on our team, Trish. She's very, very dependable. She has an amazing work ethic. I'm constantly asking her to stop and eat something or take a break. I mean, she's just like a wind-up thing that just just goes and and hits this and hits this and hits this and everything else, okay? So we, we don't want to... You know, there's limitations there. We don't want to burn out what we have, okay? And we're very sensitive to that. But So we're like, how do we produce as much food as we can without burnout, you know, without injury and all these other things, but, you know, whatever. So we took that all into consideration. So we're like, okay, we're doing this many hours, this many days per week here in the kitchen to do these burritos. And like everything is riding right now on those burritos because we don't have time to develop anything else because we're tired and we're just, we're trying to keep up on family, all the other stuff we talked about. Okay. So we're like, what if we were to shorten up? So we decided let's shorten up the number of days that we do this. It will be more intense on those shorter days. Okay. We're going to go for a higher number of burritos than what we're just going to sit here and do in four days in Columbus. We're going to go for a much higher number. Okay. So our business model on this, how it's changing is like, we'll, we'll keep on, we will control the quality of the food and the customer service. Hey, that's the one good thing about our product 
is you know who's cooking it, who's rolling it, and who's handing it to you at the window. You know the whole process. You know nobody cares more about that product than the person who has everything invested and is all in on that product from start to finish. And that's what we've decided to gamble on is like, that's what's missing in a lot of places we go right now. You go, the food quality is worse. It's becoming more expensive. Customer service is getting worse because the employees, most of them are like, mm, I'm, I'm out of here next week because this place isn't giving me, uh, isn't meeting all of my, you know, needs and dreams. Okay. So we feel it. We see that when we go places, we're like, oh, <laughs> this is lacking everywhere. And, and we see it, people talking about that. They're like, oh yeah, it seems like when you go out to eat, the food isn't as good. It's just like, everybody's experiencing that to a degree, I feel. So we're like, let's, let's offer the alternative. We're going to continue to be the ones who do it all but that's limiting. We can't feed everybody. We can't make everybody happy. So we're going to just do what we can do and do that to the best of our ability. But and we, reach more of our customer base again, you know, like reach. Instead yeah. of carpools having to come out here and buy a bunch of burritos, like what if we were to be like, okay, we're here, this is, and we recognize our product is a splurge. You know what I mean? It's a one pound breakfast burrito. That's probably not so, most of our customers don't eat that every day. It is a once a week splurge for them. And you know, those people from Billings or Laurel, they're typically once a week people that drive out and all their coworkers, they get together mm -hmm. or whatever. And they, they're like, Hey, who's running to Bill who's running to Columbus for breakfast burritos? It's their once a week splurge. Okay. And honestly, for most of our customers here in Columbus, it's a once a week splurge. We have a couple, we have a few customers that come yeah. every single day and we love those guys. We appreciate those people. Um, but they are obviously that's, that is the minority of our customer base. So it sounds like you're taking advantage of your opportunity cost because the opportunity is we need to go where there's a larger base of our customers that are coming anyway that meet our demographic for Correct. our product yep. Yep. which is people who are in a hurry on their way to work they want something that's maybe going to tide them through lunch that's our people and we're not and create our efficiency of uh the product waste all that to be more efficient because of to where we don't have so those big hits of wow we just took a massive loss today because we just overestimated on how much food we prepared so where are you going to stay? It sounds like you're going to go to Billings and Laurel. Mm -hmm. Where are you? Where are you at in those places? And what days are you? So, well, actually, the change. Yes, the change we're making is this: we're going down to one day in Columbus. That's going to be Wednesdays. Okay, and that do, I know that we know that doesn't work for everybody. But what we had figured out is this: look, if we're here on Wednesdays then that's the day to come. That's your day. That's your splurge day in this area. That, cause that's what we can do. Okay. So that's where we're going to be. Boom. Thursdays, we're going to be in Laurel. Like right now we're at Laurel Chevrolet. Okay. Great people at Laurel Chevrolet. They've, we've, we got a little bit of history with them over the years and we've parked there at different times. Super great people. Um, I love the ownership that is over there right now. There's been other ownership in there in years past that, that, we didn't want to partner with we want to partner with these people right now but that's but that's a you know this can change but this is where we're parking like right now we're going to go to laurel chevrolet on thursdays for the for the for the time being until that changes um the other thing is on fridays we're going to be at mattress king on king avenue why because we have a lot of places we can go to and in, in uh in billings a lot of great places okay we like the location uh, we like the people there. 
they they came to us very very enthusiastically about us coming there and parking at their place um so we were like okay let's look at this location how does this work for our customers in billings and for right now that's where we're going to be now that can change um we're going to be open to that and that's going to be explained on the website because what we've decided is we have got to we for lack of a better term here but we're we've got to diversify our business we cannot sit here and rely on just window traffic we're in a town of 1800 people doing a, a one product for a very specific demographic that really is very limiting and it leaves you very vulnerable so people could either come that morning or not come that morning so we have to diversify and, and not just be just about that so we are also investing in a, a co-packer uh, which is a company that will produce our product for us and we're doing that as locally as we our possibly sauce. can our sauce to, to not only for our customers around up, here what's going to happen with the sauce but so it sounds like that's still working that is working we're working on that now that goes slower than we want to because of how much time and energy we put into well and it's not just us too it's other people other people you know other people businesses and stuff of what they their, can do on what their they timeline. can do on their timeline so as you know in business absolutely nothing happens fast right. but that is like a second <laughs> leg of our business is the bottling and the shipping okay so we're starting now to send our product all over the country we get orders um we have not had the time though to put into the marketing like we could or should that would generate a lot of sales all over the country okay um and we need to focus on that one thing that we have been able to learn over several years of doing this business is we've learned how to do marketing we've learned how to do you know we're not you know we're not saying we know everything but we've learned a lot and we know how to produce content and we know how to distribute that content pretty well um and that has been a real strength for us so we're like let's rely on that strength we've got to put out more content that shows this product is available and how you can use this product and how it can you know be good on all kinds of foods and all kinds of situations and we just need to take the time to make that content that teaches people how this product can be used and how you can be a rock star at your next backyard barbecue <laughs> or you can be a rock star the next time you do a, a stir fry you know or or this or that okay we need to put that content out so it's the bottling of the sauce is the second leg so there's the burritos there's the sauce because if burrito sales are down then hey online sales people you know that right there is another side of our business the other side of our business is the marketing side of our business so a lot of that is for ourselves but a lot of that is also i get we get asked all the time to produce content for other businesses a lot of it i turned down because i don't have the time but so we're like if we were to limit if we were to get more efficient about our customers when we realize our product is a is mainly a once a week splurge it's a cheat day product it's like i'm going to eat good all week long but i really like this big breakfast burrito that i get when this truck comes to town on this day that's we know that that's what our product is and we know that that's who our customer is okay we're not so we've decided let's let's get out there to that customer on those days it's wednesdays in columbus it's laurel it's 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 billings we'll get out there and get to our customers it's going to be pre-orders here in columbus people can still come to the window they can come still order window order burritos but even this is changing since the floods all happened and the mine has been closed honestly our five o'clock and six o'clock hour has died it's not just the miners okay that's been dwindling for a while since the mine has been pressuring uh the people to ride the bus 
okay they're they're doing that on purpose up there they're trying to possibly just get rid of that parking lot up there so they can expand into it and they want to make it more efficient we have only this much property let's expand into that parking lot because for us to go get more land and go through the environmental process and the whole nine yards is very difficult but we could cut into this big parking lot if we could get everybody on the bus you know guys don't want a bus when i worked up there i didn't want a bus i wanted to i did the carpool thing i hated the buses but some people love those buses but that's the fact of it they're putting those guys on buses more it's affecting us so we've had less and less minor traffic but what we've also had less of in the last few weeks is just the all the other businesses that support that mine all of the contractors we get a lot of contractors that come stop at our place in those early hours so that has shortened up dramatically since those floods you know our five o'clock six o'clock hour now is dead where normally five o'clock hour could be massive well know? and they don't know when that's going to open back up right i mean they're working i think on they're it. trying to make then, that happen sooner dude, than I later i've seen a bunch of buses running so again so i think that they had d crew go back up and but i don't think stuff. the contractor side no, of it is, is not picked not. up and the, that's why i say the busing doesn't help us no and so if contractors aren't roaming around the community in that hour that still affects us so for right now wednesdays in columbus we're going to be open at five but that could shorten up we're watching it we're like hey you know we got to do what's best for us and our business and we can't make everybody happy we realize that and we're just got to do what what we can do that is that w- what makes sense we so want that, to make everybody happy and we want yeah, and, then, and we're trying to do that so in this way like columbus you know we love our Columbus, but also our Laurel and Billings people, like they're our great customers too, you know? And so I feel like- yeah. But the more efficient we can run this in the less wasted hours, the better we can offer a affordable product yeah. in these hard, in these difficult times, Yeah, you know? So we're trying to be as efficient as possible so we don't have to keep on raising prices so that the windfalls outdo the, the hits we take, okay? So that's gonna even that out. Um, so Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, it becomes more efficient, more concentrated. We have more time now to focus on with the other companies that are helping us produce our sauce and for us to be shipping it out to um, not only shipping, but we have a lot of uh, stores that are coming to us saying, we want to carry your sauce. You know, we want, and, and they're good big name stores, but we can't do it if right now it. we can produce it and sell it. And that's good. We're good to go there. But for us to wholesale it, we have to meet all kinds of other standards as a facility, a production facility, or we have to have an actual production facility that meets all those standards, produce it for us so that we can legally wholesale it to these big name places. Now, if we can do that and we can get proven good sales in these larger chains, um, then that's what they are, they're chains. We have an opportunity now to get into all of their locations, okay? so. If that were to happen, who knows then what we could afford to do then, you know, like, okay, now we maybe can afford to open up and pay people enough money because the sauce side of things subsidizes this enough to where we don't really have to make money off of this. Uh, We can just exist right here. We can employ people, pay people well, still be good members of the community, providing a good product and whatever. But we can't do that doing things the way we're doing it right now. We're just not going to be able to do it. So we have to go explore these other options to see how we can build the business to meet our goals and to not just meet goals, but to but to survive at times. So there's that. 
so those are the two legs there, but the other third leg is the marketing side of things. Part of the marketing side of things, I'll be honest with you, and I guess I can be honest with you because what, 12 people are going to listen to this? Half of those are my family. But the other <laughs> marketing side of that is this, is that we, people or businesses are now recognizing that when we come to their location, there's a tremendous amount of attention that comes with that, okay? It used to be, hey, we get a lot of free offers to go and park at places. People are very excited to have us come park at their place. Number one, they're like, we want to be able to get a burrito because we don't have to come stand in line. Right, we hear yeah. that a lot. We want to make sure we just get food, number one. Number two is they see the attention online and they see the car count of how many cars, how many people physically come to that location specifically because we're there that morning. There's a tremendous amount of tension that we've kind of been able to start generating over a amount of time. and. So now we have companies that are coming to us and saying, hey, what would it cost me to have you come park at our place? So that's a factor now. Now, if that, we can develop that more, okay, that also helps us keep the price down on the burritos. So now we can still continue to order, uh, you know, or produce a good product, uh, maybe find the right people that help us to expand that. Because now there's another thing that we're not just vulnerable to to who shows up at the window for a breakfast burrito or who does a pre-order because there's sauce sales going on, but there's also the attention side of things because companies are starting to realize that nobody's watching regular TV. They're on their phones. They're on TikTok. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. You know, if they're not streaming something on one of those other things, they're, they're on social media. We're on social media. You know, sometimes we do good at it. Sometimes we're not because we're bogged down. We can be really good at it. If I had more time to put out more content, we can provide not only more value for ourselves there, we can provide more value for the places that we park at because now we can really put out the content there and that's where people are. And these businesses are starting to see like, you know, how, how expensive is it to get onto a commercial? Well, I know how expensive it is. I've been doing a lot of research because yeah, I want to know. It's not cheap. It's not cheap. No, no. It's not cheap. Just to have a camera crew you know, to come and, and make a, a video for you or a one-minute commercial. I mean, you're going to be in several thousand dollars for a one-minute commercial. Well, there's really no difference than, than if you were to have somebody produce a YouTube video for you, you're still going to pay thousands of dollars. If you don't know how to video and edit and do all of that yourself, it's going to cost you thousands of dollars, you know, per well, minute, the per cheapest, minute of the cheapest one that I've seen six. Six thousand. Yeah, I'm sure, it's gone up. Yes. Now I, yeah. yeah, it is very expensive to produce content. We can produce our own content, though. We, when we go produce a content, content involving either us being a partners with a business or producing content for them specifically where we're not involved, uh, we can produce that much less, you know, expensively, you know, because we're just in house. We we can do all of that. You know, all it takes is time, which we've been short on time. But this is why we're like, okay, if we shorten up how much time, how many days we're standing at that window, wondering if somebody's going to come to the window or not and make it like, oh, we know how many burritos we're doing today. We're more efficient with this. I don't have to worry about all that. Now we can produce content for ourselves and for other businesses. So there's that, that's the three legs that we're trying to develop here to where, okay, there's tough times coming ahead. And we can now afford to stock up on food and put in a big, huge walk-in freezer that allows us to be like, okay, hey, we, you know, that sausage that comes in, let's how, you know, comes in frozen. 
So why can't we just keep that frozen and like, we'll keep rotating it, but let's buy three months of sausage. And then as sausage is coming in, like we'll just rotate it through there. Now, when you can't order sausage for two weeks, that don't matter because we can float for three months, you know? Uh, or whatever other products that we can figure out how to stockpile, we can float that. But we can't do that, though, unless we can afford that. And uh, a lot of times now, like, with uh, the way the business is going and everything else, like, uh, lending is going to tighten up. So you got to do this with your own investment, you know. You're going to have to figure out how to do that. So this is how we've decided, okay. Well, and it's interesting that, that you're – you're seeing what's coming and you're pivoting to adjust for what it's we believe is coming right yeah yeah i was talking to a tire guy the other day and he uh was talking to him and he's like trying to order some tires for me and he's like hey uh gosh this honestly would be the best tire for you okay i can't order it through this place let me go check this other place he goes gets on there and he's like gosh i can't even get that tire but you know what our home office I'm going to call, they've been telling us lately, if you can't find tires to order out there, because they're in short supply too. So he's like, they've told him, if you can't find tires, call the home office, see if we have them. And he's telling me, he's like, the home office, they have a regular little tire shop there. They own several locations now. They have a little tire shop there. He says, but they have about seven big, huge buildings, big warehouses full of tires. And he goes... They built these buildings and they stocked these things over the years with tires in anticipation of these things. This is not their first rodeo. They have been stockpiling tires because they know that there's going to be a time where there's shortages and there's high prices or if they got to ride that out. And I'm like, yeah, that's how we got to think. Like, you know, I know we're just a little food trailer. I know that's how these other big places think they're buying in They're in the commodities market, you know. They're buying futures when they're buying pork or they're buying whatever those commodities may be, you know, beef, you know, that's how the other big, huge chains are doing it. They're not paying today's prices, you know, they're paying prices based on what they think the market's going to do next year, you know, like, so they're, 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 they're buying things and locking in prices a year ahead, two years ahead. And that's what they're operating well, and off it's, of. It's interesting you bring that up because propane, that's how they do it. And uh, you try to, you can buy up to a year, but you can do it in quarters. Ah. And uh, usually in the years past, we would buy the summer quarter in the futures um, of what, and you can, daily it changes. Um, It's it's actually more than daily, but you look, you kind of watch it daily. Well, this year it's, you know, you watch the futures going into this summer and uh, we're like, we'll just watch the market because what they're asking for is so out. It's outside the range of where anybody's comfortable spending. Yeah. Yeah. And if the market drops, you're locked in. At you're that. locked in at a price that's that's way above what yeah. you're used to paying. Right. And so, you know, this we we had a huge a huge meeting about six weeks ago in regards to you know the summer fill price of the commodity of propane and it's just it just it's gone straight up and the crazy part is is we're shorted the u.s is short on the storage you know 10 million gallons compared to what it was a year ago meaning that they're selling it they're sending it overseas and they're not producing enough so the the scary part of that is what happens this winter 
you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, everybody's blaming the war and Russia. and But, I mean, we only... That's only temp- part that's of only the a problem. part of the problem. Yeah. Right. That, that, that's part of the bigger picture. It's a, yeah. par- a little small part of the bigger well, picture. Well, and it's 10%. Of... We get 10% of our oil. So it's really not huge no, in regards no. to it for us. It has but... to do with the a lot of the leases that are being canceled. It's the literally forcing the shortage. Forcing, forcing a shortage. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And uh, I feel like... There's maybe even a little bit of that. I mean, this is where the tinfoil hat stuff comes into play, but I've gotten text messages with like multi-screen long lists of food processing facilities that have burned down in the last year. Yeah, well, and this is where I was trying not to bring that up, but it's amazing, you know, it's hard not to think that there's a conspiracy theory of how many of them are shut down. And not just burning down, but... But being just shut down, shut down, just shut down. They're like all of a sudden just laying off everybody and closing doors and being like, we're just closing doors. No, like no explanation. You know, like I can I have another list of those where food processing places that are big name players in the in the country and the world are just closing down processing facilities. You know, like this is a this this is why we're like, oh, like we better get this stuff while we can at a price we can absolutely because it's going to take a long time before somebody else comes in with enough money to reopen these places and get these things back up and meet demand and whatever the shenanigans are that are going on if there is shenanigans so you know potatoes i potatoes like you know they're only grown one time a year they're harvested one time a year You know, when we're taking delivery of potatoes every week on, you know, those things were harvested at this time. They've been in a storage place, you know, by, by our food provider. Okay. And they come to us all year long. The price fluctuates though on us all year long. So when they first come in and they're the freshest and they're the best, they're the cheapest. And then as the product gets worse and I got to throw potatoes away or cut things out or whatever, all through the years, they're, get, they're getting older and older. The price is going up. Okay. So I'm like, crazy. it's crazy. You're getting less and less potatoes. Yeah, you're, like, yeah so. you're getting less for your money. Well, but it's, that it's and more and more is going out. So their stockpile and demand, you know what I'm saying, just drives yep. the price up throughout yeah, the year. Yeah, yeah. And they're looking at the next harvest coming up. How's the next harvest coming up? Like, yeah. so that they're judging the price on what is that harvest going to look like? So they're basing today's price of potatoes on uh, uh, what that future year. harvest is going to, how's that going to look? Because these potatoes that we are holding on to right now might become very expensive. So especially when there's places that are going to buy those potatoes and just cut them up and freeze them anyway, you know, so they're going to ride out that bad harvest. Us, we're dealing in fresh potatoes every single day. So we're trying to figure out, okay, well, how do we buy a year's worth of potatoes? If everybody else is buying a year's worth of potatoes when they're harvested, how do we buy a year's worth of potatoes you know, at half the price of what the, of what we're paying right now, why don't we get a year's worth of potatoes? And if we can buy a year's worth of potatoes, let's have them slap our label on it. You know, those are our brand of potatoes. This is where, why aren't we out shopping, you know, for our potatoes and making partnerships with those people and being like, here, I need, I need this many cases of potatoes and I need my, my because I'm going to buy a year of them from you, I need you to put them in my box. They'll do that. So why yeah. aren't we doing that? You know, like. Absolutely to ride out and not and just have a one time a year cost on those potatoes now we know we know what the cost of those potatoes are i don't know what the cost of potatoes are next week they keep going up on me i bought potatoes a few weeks ago and i was like oh we switched to a different potato and that price jumped three dollars in two three weeks per case oh man and i'm like 
what I know prices are going all over the place, but is this some bait and switch on you know like once okay you now order a new product once I order it, next time oops, well and that makes more. it hard with your own prices you know because you can't constantly yeah we're not adjust. constantly adjusting our burrito prices uh, every week to our food prices so in the food industry food prices used to only go up once a year in January food service uh, production facilities would price out their food for the year. And that's yep. what the price was for a year. So you as a restaurant, you knew what your pricing would be. In January, you had some maybe some price hikes coming. Maybe the prices went down. But it was in January, typically, that they set the prices, and this is what the food is. So you knew you could count on that, and you could count on your menu, okay? So you print your menus, and you're like, what is this Once food going to cost you me? Do a new you just menu. do that, right? But now it's weekly. It's weekly. I tell people this all the time. I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. Like, I'm ready to put a digital sign outside that says what is the market price of a burrito today <laughs> because it's changing every week yeah yeah i could see because that. it's changing yeah. on us every single week and there's actually we have spreadsheets where we can go down and say the you know a bacon burrito has these ingredients in it and has this much of these ingredients in it and this is the cost of it right now down to so, the penny down to the penny okay so every week when the prices get inputted into that I mean, that burrito's going up and down, up and down all the time. So I'm like, why aren't we charging it's not really market gone price? Down. It's just been a. Up, Go, uh, yeah, up, I was going to say, it's probably just been going up. Not really going down much. There's little fluctuations of down. You know, I'm also seeing every now and then, I'll be like, oh, that came down 60 cents. But then, like, three weeks later, it's up a dollar, you know, per case, you know, or something on, on something. Sometimes it's not too drastic, but it's constantly changing now. So, anyway, all of those types of things is like, how do we remove these variables well in it sounds like in the next nine months so for the near future right that's not going away it's not it's not going away at all mm -hmm. so that's why we're like if we can't remove these variables and if we can't afford to buy a year's worth of bacon at one time or if we can't afford to buy this or this or this one year at a time what we what we can afford to do is just get more efficient let's produce more food in a smaller amount of time which allows us to have the time and energy to develop these other legs that will help remove vulnerabilities for us, you know, through sauce production and, and wholesaling, um, through the content that now we have, we are basically running our own production <clears throat> company and our own marketing company to, to market our products. Okay, that's another separate, right now it's just a cost center, but I want the marketing and the media side of it, it's kind of becoming not just a cost center. I would like it to be a profit center because if we can produce content efficiently, good enough content efficiently for ourselves, why can't we also do that that helps aid other companies or at least the companies that we're par partnering with and parking at? Because as we are elevating our brand, you know, through our content and our products and everything else, then, then we should be able to partner and help elevate other brands that we partner with. Oh, absolutely. So. It makes sense. I mean, I, I can see why you have to pivot. I mean, it's well. It's you either to... we pivot and grow with the times, or, or close our go, doors. Or and... we go out of business and yeah, absolutely. It's either that or that. But if we just keep doing what we're doing, we're not saving gets... for retirement, so we're going to be working until we die. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell the kids all the time, like, hey, if we aren't hanging out with you, it's not because we don't want to. 
we're trying to make it so that you don't have to take care of us when we're old. <laughs> like, that's what we did this last Saturday. I'm sorry, you know, I or I didn't call my kids, or I this or I that. Like, hey, I'm trying to build something that keeps you from having to change my diapers someday. <laughs> like, is that worth it to you? You know, and like everybody, and I think that's, you know, where that line is and with customers and they're, you know, upset we're not here, we're not there, that they just see the small little bit of it, you know? But behind all that is we have families, we have goals, we have retirement, we have health and medical and all the things these, you you know other people have, but we have that too. So we're just trying to. I, you know what? When I was no, just I working for different companies and whatever else, I didn't understand all these things. I didn't understand what Me these either. little companies were up against. So I get it. We have customers. Some of them are upset with us. I mean, visibly upset with us. Yeah. And that's never fun but we also understand like okay they don't they really don't understand see, the logistics they don't, they don't behind it all yes and so and how do you explain that in 30 seconds at the window to somebody that makes them feel better you know you it's, can't <laughs> it's not a 30 second conversation it's not there's no so and, many not, factors. and the problem is is not everybody understands it and nobody there's yeah not, there's or the, they're not willing to they're not willing to have the entre entrepreneur mindset of understanding what it takes no a lot of them are like i just i just i just want you here when i'm hungry and i come here like yeah it's and... an emotional reaction and they don't understand like oh, okay well, i have to get up at midnight to do this and sometimes that doesn't kill me and sometimes it's super discouraging and i'm i don't want to come to work you know but if i don't come to work there's nobody that's going to cover for me yeah they don't, I don't have we like don't have that luxury a company that oh okay i'm out sick so somebody else can come in and cover you know they don't have you know they have other people that they work for that company that worry about all that they don't worry about all that stuff well and they a lot just, of employee mindset yeah the, you know they don't care and they don't they get you off know, on their weekends they have their days off they have their paid vacation they have yep. all this their you know insurance and their 401k <clears throat> that yeah you know so there's Somebody pros and cons to both both things and we are just yeah we just want to stay in business and continue this business and company and so we have to change with the world and the world is changing <laughs> almost to a fault though we we want to put out the best product that we can put out and and like uh, like you're not going to grow <laughs> if you're the ceo and you got to build that iphone and you got to be the marketing and you got to be the guy who sweeps up afterwards you're not going to get a lot of iPhones out in the world. No, no, no because nope. you're you're too busy doing all the other little jobs. Yeah, exactly, because you're doing it all. You can't, you can't, you can't do it all and continue to. Well, that guy's going to get burned out. And absolutely, that's, that's you, know, you can't you can't maintain that level. Yeah. No. So we have some people who are like, oh, this is really going to mess up my thing. I, I come here once a week or once every two weeks on this day, and they're not going to be <laughs> open anymore. And I'm like, it's either this. Or we don't. Are we catering to you once every two or weeks? Or I sell and my house and go get a job, you know, and do something else. Like, because we can't maintain this. It's stressful. It's hard on us. It's all that other stuff. Just like any business is for, you know, anybody who owns their own business. Most most small businesses don't make it. I mean, we beat the odds in a very small town in a in a very tacky, dumpy-looking little cow print food trailer. We've beat a lot of odds, but... There's days where we have to tell ourselves, just keep showing up. Just yeah. keep showing up. Like, we just need sleep. It's not that big of a deal. We just need to get some rest. And, and <laughs> we lately, tell ourselves that a lot. Yeah, and lately there's been more days of just <clears throat> keep showing up than, than days of, oh, hey, isn't this awesome and we're killing it and this is 
we're living our dream. Yeah. And uh, there are those days. There are, There's, yeah. It's unbelievable the amount of good feedback and positive feedback we get from people so early in the morning. And that's really that's, the only reason that we are sitting here right now. Because if it wasn't for that... There would be no reason to get up that early and to go do what we, we do. We would not be doing If there this. wasn't that positive feedback, the kind words that get said to us every morning at the window. Yeah. And so Some that's... that just changes my well, day around. Not, being there's not so... a lot of places open until 7 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah. Those comments on certain days will change my whole day. I would be discouraged and just... But the, a comment from somebody like, okay, you know, like it just makes it worth it. It so. does work. Go a long ways. It does. I think I'm excited for you guys. I think it's a good opportunity that you're taking advantage of uh, in order to, you know, change with the times it's going. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying not to be doomsdayers about it. Like, oh, everything's going to go to. No. You know. But we're trying to be realistic. We're trying to be prepared. We're trying to be look at the realities of it. And we're not like trying to be so bogged down in like news and getting all this stuff where we're doing that. We're not doing that either. So we're trying to just be realistic. I do try to avoid most of that, but I do dip into that little world to kind of see what's going on. What's, what's relevant. Coming. Yeah. Well, and you have to. I mean, yeah. you have to kind of have an idea of what could come be up. Be in the clouds and just be like, oh, whatever. And then when something hits, you're not prepared. And then there, there it is. You know. We took so. too long to make a shift to go over to TikTok. We were so tired and bogged down i mean we got it got easy to do what we did on facebook you know we built a following on facebook and then facebook changed yeah. facebook has changed dramatically like it has not been positive changes for us as the consumers and producers uh, who put out content on facebook it has not been a positive thing we took way too long to make the move over to tiktok why because we were tired and it's like oh now i gotta spend the time to go learn this like I was actually, I had an account with Musical.ly back in like, what, 2016, 2017, I had an account. Musical.ly was the forerunner of TikTok. That was TikTok. That got purchased and renamed TikTok. Okay. But, oh, okay. So, but even back then I was following people that are like, hey, I know there's just a bunch of little kids on here dancing and doing whatever dumb little videos, but get on, you need to get on here because everybody's gonna come here and 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 they're gonna get older and older and older. And if you think that your business isn't gonna be relevant on here, then you are sadly mistaken. So I knew that years ago, I didn't have the time or the energy. I was, we were producing other content. We were trying to meet the needs of what Facebook wants you to produce because you eventually you, you're, you work for Facebook. So, and that's what everybody's on on around here. That's our demographic. That's is our demographic on is on Facebook. Is. Yep. Yep. But that demographic is also leaving Facebook. Yep. So if you're not already established, once they leave and go to another platform, if you're not already established on that platform, they're getting hooked into, they're getting uh, their regulars that they follow, they're getting established patterns. So if you're not already there ready to make the to welcome them so you become a part of their established pattern, one of the, you know, you, so that they can follow you. You're already there. You you already know how it works. You're already putting the content out that that platform would like to have. And you're way behind. We are, we were behind. So we finally did just say, hey, we've been spending a lot less time on Facebook, which that kind of feels bad. I, we feel bad about because we have a lot of people that follow us on there, that we have a our lot of regulars locals. on our live streams, that every morning it's so fun to see their names pop in there and we communicate with them. 
we haven't really had the time to to do all of that too while we're running our business we're making all the burritos and running the window and and everything else that we're doing we try to do those facebook live streams well lately we've been doing tiktok live streams from about 4 30 in the morning until about 6 30 to 7 even 7 30 i actually have these adapters that are on their way so that we can run a live stream through our entire service so which has is generating sales for us it's generating we're sending hoodies and bottles of sauce i will get done here right now i gotta go box up some sauce and i don't even know where we're sending it out in the country but people on tiktok our reach is not just this little area right here it's very few people in this area it's people all over the country all over the world all over the world are tuning in and watching and i mean we get on a facebook live and we've got six to ten people we have over nine thousand followers on facebook okay we'll have nine ten people watching our facebook and then people are coming and going but we'll have nine ten people on our facebook live stream okay they have cut it back so much on who how how you get out to people you know we just got started on tiktok live and we'll be maintaining 200 to 600 followers viewers at oh, any wow. given moment that's crazy we'll have fifteen thousand unique viewers each morning wow and so after like that's and that's just growing so when we go live on tiktok it's like and those people are like hey i can't buy that burrito i that but i'm watched you guys roll enough burritos our caption stays the same every morning it says meditative burrito rolling it's not very meditative <laughs> but but we, i'm like hey you can it's zone awesome. out and watch us and the camera goes right down the line okay so they say i've watched you roll enough burritos i know how to do my own well eventually the, i just feel like hey they can watch us roll burritos eventually you know there's going to be people that are like i'm out of here but there's a if you, you you get a big enough percentage or a big enough amount of people watching you, there's going to be a percentage of those people who are like, I got to try that sauce, and they go online and they order it. Absolutely, you know, hundred percent. And that's happening. That's the first thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah. That is happening. So we took too long because we got bogged down and got you know that's why if you get afraid to change with what's happening, you're going to go out of business. Well, and you guys are making, I mean, I, I think it's a perfect time to, to make the change and to start building those legs that you're supposed to be doing. Well, that means actually a lot to me because I have you like way up here on this pedestal when it comes to business uh, knowledge and everything else. And you're well, and I, I am convinced and have been for a couple of years that social media is where you need to go. And we've had this conversation before that the sauce is really the the you know i don't want to call it the golden nugget but there's a huge opportunity that you can send that sauce anywhere that you cannot do with the burrito absolutely yeah and so you know there's a huge you know we know that it's a percentage of any market that's going to buy whether it's a burrito or any product and so if you have a larger audience you're going to have a larger consumer base yeah yeah and we also know it's not just our regular sauces that we're limited to if we can get into that you know like we if we can get that other products we can develop other products we can develop other sauce we're sauce people and we, mm. we find there's sauce people out there like us you go into our fridge we got two doors of our fridge that open up that every shelf is packed with little bottles of sauce we have sauce like I, I need my own refrigerator for condiments, condiments and cheese. <laughs> and <laughs> Those we, are my and well, and we have ours. Our, ours probably, but isn't anywhere close to yours. But both are. You open both the fridge doors, and that's what you have: is all kinds of little sauces. Yes, and cheese. I am huge. Yeah, it just it just complements and makes everything better. Uh, food is just better when you Seasonings when you bring different flavors together. I love it. Well, and in any time you're eating, that's what you want: is something that tastes good, 
flavorful. Well, back in the day, spice, that was gold. Spice was was worth gold. So I said, well, if the world goes, I am loaded. I have gold. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I should show you a photo I took on my phone the other day of our spice cabinet. Oh, dear. I go to open it up. That isn't even, we have a pantry. It's so packed. I'm like, and she caught me. She comes in the other room. I'm in there, like, taking a picture of the spice cabinet. I'm like, I have to document this thing. But my point on that is like okay yeah we hope if we can produce this sauce and get it into stores and we can produce the content out there and be the marketing force behind it all that other stores are like we want to carry that because not only is it a good product but they have a following and they know how this all works when it comes to attention out there it's coming i mean we know that it's coming yeah um and we've seen it happen more than once right right and so it's just a matter of time yeah well then we can we can produce other sauces. You know, we can produce BFL uh, Dijon mustard. I mean, so it, anyway, it just opens all that up. So we're trying to figure out what is what is that system or how does that all work? How do you get products to the market like that? And uh, we're just, just taking us some time because we've been bogged down in well, so many other areas. And you're, and you're doing that this week, right? This is the week for the change. This is the week for the change. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So it's a little scary. In our minds, it plays out, and we're like, okay, yeah, this should work, you know? And then you're but like- you never know. Oh, and then that feeling passes, and you're like, or oh, this could be the end. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's going to be a positive change. I really do. Oh, you know what? I, I do, too. It was scary, too, when we went from lunch and just went to breakfast burritos. People yeah. were like, wait, you're just doing a breakfast burrito? That was a little scary. We had a moment where we're like, what are we well, doing? Well, and, and what is it? 20% of the people eat breakfast. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's not a lot in comparison to who eats lunch. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah, yeah, very true. much true. And yeah. so, you, yeah, you'll do just fine. Ah, all right. Well, I'm gonna hold you to that. So, anyway, man, it has been super fun catching up with you, and I feel like all we did was talk about us. So next time we'll, no, we'll, that's good. Uh, we'll it's find good. out what have you been up Delve to. Where into have you Cody been hiding? World and yeah. what's been going on with you? Yeah, yeah. We, we can do that next time. Yeah, we need a uh, little camera crew that just follows him around Cody's world. <laughs> Cody's I don't think around. I'm that interesting. <laughs> I think most of the time I'm probably boring. No, I doubt that. I doubt that for sure. Dude, good to see you again. Yes, it's been great. I, uh, I'm i glad we're back It was fun going. to get a phone call from you the other day when, uh, I don't know, you got on the phone and you were like, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, I was like, hey, what's up? So I always I always feel bad because I want to call at five when I'm uh, on, off on my way home. Yeah. And I know that that's right in the middle of your sleeping period. So it's like the middle of the night for you. So it's always hard yeah. because there's a, there's a, the ideal window is like noon to two. Right. Yeah. And, uh, my, you know, I always think that that's a great time until I'm like, and Oh then, my goodness, it's four o'clock. I got a, I never then, called Milo. Right. And then when I get up at midnight, I will see your missed call or I'll see a text <laughs> message from you. I want to respond. My phone is on silent. So it doesn't wake me up, but I know you, if I text you, it's probably going to wake you up. Like you have, you, you operate a company around here that has driving bombs out there and absolutely and filling up bombs right next to people's houses. So I know you keep your phone to where it can ring and you can yeah, do text it, messages. So, yeah. and if it goes off, I usually will check it. Yeah. So then I've learned not to text you in the middle of the night because normally I'll just, I'll be like, I know people, their phone is on silent. I can text them. So with you, I'm like, I need to get back to him. I'll wait until a better hour, but then I get caught up in everything else in the day. And our CEO used to text at like two in the morning. <laughs> and there's a couple of us who are like, you realize that we check those like, you know, unless we're zonked out, we have to check them. And he started trying to be better about 
you know, trying to not send them in the middle of the night. Yeah. Or four in the morning or whatever. All right, man. Let's get out of here. We'll wrap this up. Good seeing you, my man. Good seeing you guys. Thanks. Right. Yes. Yep. See ya.